Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined by Amanda Noel Neal, Alex Salas, and Angela Torres from Forte Chicago to talk about the La La... How many laws is it? Two. 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 The La La Lady Show. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having us. Um, We had one of the, like, longest... Like, like most prolonged pre-interview hangs yeah. that we've had in a while. <laughs> and it was mostly just, like, intense cat interaction, which was great. Well, they're in rare form. I think, and I'm, hopefully the listeners at home at this point can't tell as much as we can, but because I, I figured out how to edit it out. But um, <laughs> there is like this really great heater noise going right now. It's like a nice consistent, and I forgot about this, about recording the show in the winter. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like a lovely charm to that last winter where we were recording shows and there would be a hiss <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's like we're, you know, we're like low budget and fun. and But now it's like, we have like an eight channel mixer now. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so <gasps> it stopped. Kind oh. Of. Wow. Oh, that's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So I would love to hear about, like, what the premise of tonight's show is. Wait, can I give me one second? Okay. I marked that. Cool. All right. Uh, What's the premise of tonight's show? It's kind of everything from... Everything about women, you know? Like... Mm -hmm. Everything from how we feel about our own bodies to how other people feel about them to how we feel about women in the space of opera and classical Mm. music. Um, As well as in the world, I think. I mean, just all of these different issues that are coming out um, politically and socially and (laughs) the idea of women are, are people and not sexual objects and what can we say about that through what we do um considering what we do is mostly comedy Mm -hmm. um so the the sort of nugget started off with you know basically women in opera and we've sort of went from there yeah we've seen um there's a lot of things kind of this year that we saw um we saw another an opera company basically say that you know, they didn't want to see any fatties on stage. They oh, said yeah. it politically correct, but um, so we were. That oh, was, was that, that that was upset? Was that that orchestra? It was yeah. that orchestra in Toronto, were, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. they were talking about you know women. What 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 was it that they used about? Oh, um, essentially, like they wanted like to eat. They wanted women, or they didn't specifically say women. They said some of their artists, their singing artists. To make sure to pick clothes that were not so form-fitting that they showed off their dietary indulgences. Yeah, that was a dietary That's right. indulgences. Right. So, and that for us, that was a big thing. Which you know, is, we're all yeah. women and we're all different shapes and sizes. And why can't we just eat what we want to eat without being shamed by the people that are hiring us? So yeah, that <clears> was <throat> a that was a discussion that we had with a theater company that we had on recent, uh, like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. They were talking. They had this kind of like gender bent 12th night that they were Mm. doing 
where um, one of one of the knights on the island of it was an island of all women, and there was there was a knight who like was kind of like the Dionysian like, mm-hmm. um, and and one of her one of her things one of the things said about her was that she eats whatever she wants, which I that like that like hung in my ear as like we don't encounter heroic female characters who eat whatever they want. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that mm-hmm. that's such a novelty. Because, like, I would say that a lot of women eat whatever they want, right. but not mm-hmm. the characters that are portrayed. Right. Because how dare they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? How dare they well, not be perfection of some kind? Right. You know? I'm really interested on um, a couple of the notes that you were talking about uh, as far as, like, you know, I, as an artist, am super into when art... Uh, recognizes that it doesn't exist in a vacuum, that it, it recognizes the culture surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, A, I love to hear that, I love hearing that, but I'm also curious about, um, you know, as a group who comes so strongly out of the improv tradition, but is doing things that are pre-written, but also has some improv, and is also straddling this, <laughs> being aware of what's going on culturally and what's going on culturally right now. And and start tell me when I when I'm like I've stopped making sense. But like, um, and what's going on right now is so, it is developing. I mean, just a week and a half ago was the Me Too campaign, mm-hmm. which has already kind of been like. <clears throat> I don't, I, I, I don't want to, as the man, say forgotten about, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a, there is like a sense of the way that our news cycle is right now. Things are just so um, quick. And, and I guess that's my, my curiosity uh, for y'all. Um, as, you know, when you tackle topics uh, and things are developing so quickly right now and you want to be referential, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of how do you straddle all of that? Mm-hmm. I feel like that came out of like a development of bits. So we got together all summer and we were just kind of, you know, just throwing things at the wall and see what stuck, uh, Mm -hmm. what stuck with us, what we felt needed to be said. And then through these, these, um, you know, just doing our rehearsal process and seeing everything else. Like, so seeing the Me Too campaign, seeing um, Eminem's uh, pretty much freestyle rap to the president, um, just seeing all these things happening, I think it kind of gave us more, fuel yeah it really added more fuel to our fire because those are things that we were already hitting Mm -hmm. and then to see you know a lot more people coming out and saying you know this is enough this is i'm stopping with all these like ridiculous you know all these allegations that are going on against you know what's going on in hollywood right now and it's it's hard to see all that and i just think that it's it's been it's it's been therapeutic for us i guess Mm -hmm. i mean for for me at least um to just get in a room full of women and not be judged for anything or, you know, being free to say whatever I say. And mm-hmm. I think one of our colleagues said it best, like we had someone, uh, uh, Margaret join us this week and she's like, guys, I've never spoken about my period as freely as I have with you guys. And I think that's, <laughs> that's important. And I, I think that was something that we as, you know, like the, the founding members mm-hmm. found kind of silly, like mm-hmm. to hear someone say that. Cause we, I, we had just gotten into this, into this group of things where we just like I, I mean for me at least like my filter is gone like I just I don't <laughs> care anymore completely like, gone I, we talk about anything and everything and our, and, and our work comes it's out of fair that ga- and it's fair game right yeah. and, and we really just try to try to put everything out there and just really feel what we're saying and just giving women a voice like it's just just hearing that like that she was 
she hasn't talked about her period as freely <laughs> as she's spoken to, to us. So that was kind of, it, it was nice to hear that and to know that we're having that kind of impact. So I hope that we relay that message uh, with our shows yeah. too. And I think as far as relevancy, it, the issues have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it, it, women getting harassed in the classical music world is not a new thing. It's been happening forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's still happening and that people are speaking up about it is is what is new that people are more emboldened to say I'm, I'm i'm not okay with this this is too much this is we need to be done with this yeah i mean at this point do y'all get the why does this have to be political uh, often do you know what i mean by that like i know we, i i get it a lot from like relatives mm-hmm. where they'll be mm-hmm. like the, the work you're doing is very interesting but like does it have to be so political like can't you keep it clean well, we haven't like, gotten a lot of that yet yeah. but i think that this show may be the most I mean, I guess political is the word that we. I, I don't know if political. I don't know if, if really that's the right is word political. for us. Um, um, I just think it's just more an empowerment of women. For sure. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's really what I think our focus has turned to. It's mm-hmm. just just seeing things that that are unfair and saying like this isn't okay. Um, so we've kind of created a safe space for us to say. Mm-hmm we're not okay with it, so this is what we're doing about it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're I mean, we're fully a company of, of women, to be honest. I mean, we have a, a man in the background, but... Um, <laughs> he stays he's, in the background. Yeah, he's behind the scenes. I mean, he's not doing much. <laughs> just, just, basically, just basically our prisoner. Um, he just does what we but, tell him to do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and that's my husband. I can say these things. I'm talking about my husband. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, but but I think I think it's it's been really interesting to just see that you know, we don't, we don't need no man um, to make mm-hmm. this happen. Like everything, our, our bits have been devised by women. Um, it's a, about a women's issue. We've, you know, we, we get into rehearsal and, and things get crazy. And sometimes, yeah. you know, like, again, like you're working in a room full of women, the dynamic is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, we just, some things are said and, and we don't take it offensively because we know that, you know, we're all in the same boat. Like we're, we're all trying to get a project together and we're not offended by that. Mm-hmm. So we're not offended mm-hmm. by somebody saying, hey, shut up. Like, yo, like, we really need to get through this. Like, all right, we're digressing. Can we please get back to the issue? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having that that freedom to be within each other, to just have have that luxury to just, to just say these things and not worry that someone's like, oh, Alex is probably on her period right now. Like, <laughs> that's probably why she's being such a bitch. Or that someone's ego is going to get bruised. Yeah. You know, because we are a, a collaborative company. Everything that we do is devised pretty much together. We do have, you know, artistic director, we do have a designer, we do have a music director, and at the end of the day, when a call needs to be made, they'll make that call. But mm-hmm. as far as what we create, it comes out of what we experience in life. So, I mean, we have a bit in this show coming up that one of the girls said something as a joke and referred it back to an opera, and it was so funny, and Alex took that and ran with it, and it became a bit, and now mm-hmm. it's in the show. Um, so I think it just, as far as being political or social issues, it just comes out of what we live day to day Mm -hmm. and what we've seen, not only in the classical music world, but just in the world at large Mm -hmm. and our response to that. I always laugh a little bit when somebody's like, oh, why do you post so much like political stuff or like, you know, so much... So many social issues. Like, why are you like this social justice warrior? Which I like don't love that title anyway. But <laughs> I feel like as a woman and especially as a woman of color, just like walking around in this world, I don't, it's not necessarily a choice 
to be political or to not be political. I was thinking it's that, yeah. a Sorry. choice to be like just, just taking a stand, right? To just a taking person. a stand and being, you know, not to be like good versus evil, but like to say if something. we don't stand up to these things, then nothing will ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Rosa Parks never sat somewhere else on that bus, mm-hmm. would black people still be sitting in the back of the bus? Who knows? You know, there were tons of other things going on, but but until we started marching across bridges and really making a difference and making the change happen, you know, that was that was the impetus for all of the amazing changes that we take for granted because we're twenty somethings, we're millennials, we have the internet, <laughs> <yourself>. you know. <laughs> well, I think I think that it it all it boils down to for me just like bringing issues to people's attention. Mm-hmm. Like the folks during the civil rights movement who are marching across bridges, who are who are making speeches, who are who are you know standing up for their rights. Like part of it was like, you know, you know, part of it obviously was like using you know force to like in, enact change, but a lot of it was just like like snapping your fingers and be like pay pay attention mm-hmm. like like check your privilege this is our experience this is what we're mm-hmm. going through and i feel like it's what we as women have to do now mm-hmm. like hey you have no idea how much like you have no idea that birth control isn't just like a the baby killing pill or whatever you're going right. to call it like mm-hmm. it can control our it can like regulate our moods it like for those with hormonal disorders it can help with that like it's good for acne it's good like and i think that it's part of it is is prejudice part of it mm-hmm. is definitely mm-hmm. discrimination oh, and, absolutely. and view, viewing women as less than but i think another part of it is just like lack of awareness of like what of what women actually have to do and the the steps we have to take to take care of ourselves and men just not being aware of mm-hmm. it yeah well and i think as a as a company that's all women you know we're run by women we are all of us are women so naturally that's going to those issues are going to come up, you know, like pay attention to what we're doing. We're, what we're saying is our everyday lives. This yeah. is not like any woman that's, especially in the classical music world that's in our audiences is going to relate to every single bit that we do. They're mm-hmm. going to relate to everything that we say on some level or another because they've all experienced the same thing or are currently experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing, mm-hmm. um, which is part of the problem. And like I said, we get together in a room and half the time it'll just start with a conversation before rehearsal even starts officially. Mm-hmm. Just a conversation about something that happened to one of us or something that we read, like the article about the the orchestra. Um, and it just sort of goes from there. And sometimes before we know it, we have an entire bit, a satire bit, based on this issue. So it all comes out of the fact that we're an all-female company. Yeah. So mm-hmm. these these are things that we are fully aware of, but that the men in our audience might not be. So bringing that to light just comes naturally, I think. And I think another thing that this show is doing is uh, reclaiming a lot of things. Mm. Um, we we use a couple of words that are pretty taboo pretty <laughs> regularly in the show. Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we really poke fun at it. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Are there language restrictions? No, the this show, is an okay, show, yeah. So we, we just say we're, I mean, we're saying the word pussy a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. And, and, and a word that I wasn't comfortable with, you know, like cunt is a word that I was never comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I always associated with that with like a horrible thing, but 
we're using it a lot in the show and it's it's just kind of a, a take back for us mm-hmm. really um and and i feel that that's been a a pretty freeing thing oh definitely i'm um, within the ensemble and if we can you know just get somebody in the audience you know to feel comfortable with that um to know that you know why is it taboo is it taboo because somebody called you a cunt or because what like because what, what? let's yeah, yeah. Like, is that word defined because somebody used it against you? So it's just, um, you know, just being able to say things like that, I think, so yeah. freely. And, mm-hmm. and in, in an operatic setting, too, we because found, we're, we're singing these we words. We found that singing <laughs> these words is just, like, one of the most cathartic yeah. things. And singing them in such, like, a beautiful way. I think we found that out really early in the Forte um, yeah. kind of world. Because we would, you know, have people... One of our first gigs we did was we would have people write down words, we'd take them, and we would sing that word. Mm-hmm. And whether it was fuck or... Snow boots. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, any word you can take, and when you really explore it, yeah, it becomes something beautiful yeah. in a way. Well, that's super interesting to me, because I um, actually have been noticing lately that the trend of like what is current day musicology is really like YouTube channels delving into the samples that like hip hop and like lo-fi uses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's always so interesting to me. I always think about like, how do we take something that is like our classically trained art forms, like like opera and stuff like that and and, like sample it or like Mm -hmm. take it and put it, like and I think taking in taking the source material like i thought i remember the um the gretchen on spin around a bit mm-hmm. from like two years ago yeah mm-hmm. fucking classic just <laughs> such a but did that same vein of thought if, if you will really well and that it took something that source material is so like tailed or you know it was another amazing one to that end was the um when y'all did the uh um Baby, it's cold outside. Duet. Yeah. <laughs> um, where mm-hmm. you know that, like, it's it's just interesting to me this idea of um, repurposing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like older things. And that and was so, funny because that same year that we did that, baby, it's cold outside, was when that um, that YouTube video that that girl had done about like talking about how it's essentially like rape. Yeah. Scene, essentially was really hitting and, and I think you know we're like we're we're on the mark on that stuff too and mm-hmm. and I feel like that's coming a lot in this show um so we've taken a lot of um a lot of Mozart yes. arias in this show and some are in in original Italian like we haven't touched it and some we've really um put new words over it like taking it to giving it some new life yeah mm-hmm. um so when you know people people who've never been to an opera will come and see the show and they'll see this one scene that's usually like relatively boring and we've kind of turned it on its head and <laughs> and been very explicit about this bit. Or and hopefully back. when they go when they go see this opera, you know, they this they come to this duet and they'll never like, see Mozart the same. Yeah, again. it's never gonna be the same <laughs> for them. Like hopefully they'll never get our version out of their head. You know <laughs> what I'm realizing about Forte that is um, so notable is that I feel like improv communities are such a um when you have like a a niche in improv communities it's so male driven and like Mm -hmm. male male Mm -hmm. set the flag down first Mm -hmm. but if you look at opera improv i mean are there were there was there opera improv before forte i feel like there was somewhere in this country there was or maybe it was even in europe there was like this this uh duet partnership of two ladies that that did some some sketch with opera. Um, I don't know how much 
improv they did, but they were definitely sketch comedy and parodies um, quite a few years back. And we didn't discover them until the after 80s. we had already formed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that, I've not seen anything quite like what we do. Were you all in the same year at Roosevelt together? No. No. Okay. But you all knew Susan, right? Yes. yes. And basically, I'm trying to think about, like, what about... What about this intersection of improv and opera drew, like, such appeal for marginalized folks? Is that a yeah. weird question to ask? So I think you're going back to Forte Origins. So going back to the, <laughs> going back into yeah, our, the beginning. Our, yeah, where we hide the stones back there. <laughs> um, you, the, the tablet. Susan kind of sent a mass email and she said, hey, I have this idea and this is what I want to do. And she's like, I, you know, I have this training through Piven. Um, I like this improv. I think we can explore it with music. I really feel that there's more to this avenue that isn't being explored. And mm -hmm. she, it was originally just going to be a one-off thing. There yeah. was a, Piven does an improv festival every year. And she has taught for Piv with Piven for over 20, 20 years. years. So she started um, in, in, like, in utero. Wait, she yeah, started. she started, like, when she was a child, she started studying improv through Piv the Piven School. Um, and, and then became a teacher. So... Because she taught all of us at either Roosevelt or we have some ladies from other schools as well. Um, she knew them through their teaching them. Oh, hey, Kitty. <laughs> um, but she had this slot offered to her at the Piven Im Improv Festival. It was a 10-minute slot, and she thought her and her friend Sarah had this brainchild. Like, what, it, what, what would happen if we brought a bunch of opera singers together? and had them do an improv set. What yeah. would happen? That could be really cool. And it wasn't originally supposed to be all women. She sent it out to a whole slew of students that she had worked with. Yeah, and, and that's that interesting moment for me. It just happened to be all women yeah. that responded. It did not start off that way. It just yeah. kind of morphed into this. Hey, I'm not a scratching post. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the- She's like, but aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> the formation of Forte was just like so, um, so organic, organic yeah. you know. Um, I actually wasn't in that very first bit because I, what was I? Oh, that was I had a show. I was, I was in the chorus at lyric for oh, that. Yeah, that's oh, right. so um, I was doing Porgy and Bess when they were doing that, and I was like heartbroken that I couldn't be a part of this mm -hmm. improv set. Um, but I just remember from the very first rehearsal that I went to. Once we found out we had a, a second gig. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, this is where I love and I live. Because, like, I think ever since I was a little kid, I've been doing basically music improv, but without knowing it. Mm -hmm. yeah, and my same. parents are always like, you've been making up songs since you were able to talk. And you <laughs> sing to all the animals and you make up stories. And it's really just an extension of storytelling, you know, traditional improv. And, I mean... Opera is both of those things. Yes. Right. right. When you get back to the history and you think about it, you know, opera singers would improvise, mm -hmm. you know, runs or, yeah. you know, yeah. I think we're just really, we, we've come to a time in opera where I think so many people are like, oh, well, this is how it should be performed mm -hmm. and this is how we need to do it's it. It's become static. And it's, it's so yeah. static and it's not reflecting the like richness of mm -hmm. life as it is right now in right. 2017 and there are companies who are 
trying to make things better. There's composers out there who are really writing about what we're experiencing now. And I think there's all these little companies doing this all over. Mm. And, you know, just until we get that, like, bigger recognition or whatever. I think think what's so great about improv, though, which you're not, I mean, as a classical singer, you're not taught that kind of skill. Right. You may, if you're lucky, you may get one acting class Mm -hmm. in your studies. With Susan. With Susan (laughs) at Roosevelt. Um, Or or maybe North Park, and that's about it. Um, And DePaul. And DePaul, yeah. But beyond that, you don't really get a lot of chance to delve into character work and into Mm. the acting side of things. It's, It's a very separated thing, singing and acting. And yeah. it shouldn't, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. be. And back in the day, it wasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. you were considered a singing actor, and that's that's what we do mm-hmm. if you're going to portray re- any kind of realness or truth on stage. So I think that the idea of improv is really, at least through the Piven experience, it's the idea of learning to just play. Mm-hmm. And and we talk about that all the time. We get in a room together and we play. We don't have if we're creating something, we don't have super strict rehearsal guidelines. We just I mean, essentially, we just fuck around. Like, yeah. we just play. <laughs> just try things. And try things. And there's there's no boundaries mm-hmm. at all. It's all just free. And then stuff comes out of that. And I think that the idea of being in play when you're on stage is something that's so foreign to most classical singers. But once you find that and you're in that, it opens up a whole new world of acting possibilities even within the strictness of an actual opera story. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly you can do things and be things and create things within the scope of a character that you might not have been able to find before mm-hmm. because yeah. you've learned that sort of freeness and, and playfulness. And it also frees us vocally. We we do this thing. It's our kind of cornerstone um, exercise okay. that we do, which is vocal clowning. Mm. And... You know, we've, I think, you know, for me, I've found I can do things with my voice that I never thought I would do in front of people or in a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and just playing around and feeling free and being able to step out of the box of your fach or mm-hmm. your, like, your color that, I don't know, your or even, voice teachers expect from you or mm-hmm. want you to have. Or even your thoughts on technique. I mean, mm-hmm. we get so into our heads about what your technique should be. And there's a lot to it, and it's a very complicated thing. Our instruments are very complicated. Mm-hmm. But when you're just playing around, it frees up everything. So there's not a lot of tension going on because you're not thinking about your technique. You're not thinking about, well, if I place this here, if I do this here, and if I breathe like this at this point, none of that is there. And suddenly you're finding yourself singing in ways that you never thought that you could. And eventually, hopefully, you learn to apply that to other things as well. Mm-hmm. Which is really, that's where, that's where it's really cool is when you find yourself like overlapping. Your, my forte life has now become the rest of my singing life. Like it, it's bled into everything else. Mm-hmm. Which I think is only a bonus. I've got a question about... Um, about your view on gender bending in opera. Mm-hmm. So as folks who, it, you know, all female troupe of improv based opera singers, um, I'm wondering, do you focus mainly on, on like female rep and like rep that you are all, that you are 
familiar with or do you delve into like male rep to poke fun to poke fun at that like is it is it the entire operatic repertoire or do you just focus on your experience of rep i mean i think it just has happened that we just happen to find things that we're familiar with or you know whatever the whatever is happening in the bit we're like oh i know this aria is talking about that let's incorporate that i can mm. count the times that we've been in like had a man quote unquote mm -hmm. in the scenario and i just go back to baby it's cold outside i think that was the only time um well, besides the, this show that we're actually in the sausage show new, oh yeah the sausage show had a moment like that where i was singing um rodolfo but it's not it's not often that we do it yeah. and i don't think it's by I don't think it's something that we've thought of. I don't think, yeah, it's not by design. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not something that we've explored. But I, it definitely, as the, huh, the token mezzo, um, <laughs> if, if there is something that requires a lower voice, it's Angela usually, it's usually me. So there have been at least, besides baby, it's cold outside. Well, so there I'm are, a pretty good man, like, physically. You are. I mean, physically, you're a pretty good guy. Pretty good man. It's, yeah, it works out great. Um, good creepy man. <laughs> yes. Very creepy, actually. Um, <laughs> vocally, though, I mean, I don't know. It just sort of, it also comes out of what we know that the audience is going to be familiar with. Mm -hmm. So we are now getting a following of people that are not musicians. They're improv people or they're theater people. And they don't know opera at all. So mm -hmm. we do try to make sure at least part of our shows they can still relate to, even mm -hmm. if they're not familiar with the music. Okay. So if you use some, you know, classic Mozart that everybody's heard a million times, or um, Boheme, or mm -hmm. Traviata, those things people are going to be more familiar with. Carmen is one that we use a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to something that, you know, Asuchena that I might sing. Right. Lucia. Lucia, you know, a lot of people are not going to be as familiar with that in the improv and theater world. So... We do try to think about that, but other than that, it's kind of like, what music are we allowed to use that's yeah. public domain? Because that's the thing we have to think about. Yeah. Yes. I, I've been working on that a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. So what, and luckily our music director, Heidi, is extremely knowledgeable in that. So if oh, it's... Oh, Heidi Juiced in She, yeah, Heidi is the shit. She's, yeah, she's got a couple compositions, brand new compositions. Brand new yes. things, yeah, mm -hmm. in the show. Oh, so, cool. Sorry, yeah. I meant, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go. Yeah. Right, well, she's constantly writing yeah. right. constantly, yeah, yeah, whether yeah, it's yeah. for us or for something else, yeah. but... She um, she took some of what we did in, in improv play with in the rehearsal room and she wrote it down and it became a composition that maybe we could market later. Mm -hmm. So if it's not something that's public domain, then it's usually something that Heidi makes up or mm -hmm. creates on either on the spot or writes ahead of time. Yeah, I, what I love about Heidi is that uh, when she was in school, I was like, oh, that's going to be a person that I'm really excited to see what it's like in after, after she, a year after she graduates. Mm -hmm. But then she was already like getting commissions and stuff like right after she graduated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's like just, I'm like, she's killing it. Yeah. She's just well, so she's well. now full-time freelancer. Like, yeah, yeah, she just quit her day job. Yeah. 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 So proud of her. Yeah, we're so, <laughs> we're so proud of her. So, yeah. and also a lot of what we do as far as fundraising has to do with what do we have to do to make sure that we can keep Heidi all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, we we would not be the same group that we are without her, for sure. 
I mean, it would leave a big hole if she was not there. <laughs> the the one time that we've had Heidi on our show was a time that I wasn't able to be here, so it was just Daniel talking to her. And I'm so sad that I was not there to talk to her because we're both from Wisconsin. Well, oh. and, I want, and I want to talk to her about specifically cheese. Yes. I have a feeling cheese that so Heidi important. loves cheese. So I have a feeling that Heidi that. is listening right now, so I'm going to pitch something. Yeah, because I actually just texted you about this, literally, because I was like, oh, this would be amazing. Y'all should come in and do a Scopy studio, like at some point over the over the four weeks. Yeah, if that's yeah. Something that Heidi would be interested in playing. She's played my piano before. She knows how shitty that piano is. So <laughs> shoot me a message. Let me let us know if we can set something up, or you know, if, yeah. yeah, right. We do some um, live improvisation. Yeah, we're cool yeah. with that. If that, totally if cool that, that. sounds interesting to y'all, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool. It would it would have to be in this room if that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> cool. As long as your neighbors don't care, we don't care. We it's oh amazing God. because we like, like test the limits of what our neighbors give a yeah, shit. Yeah, we have one neighbor, and honestly, we don't like talk a ton like but he runs a salsa studio next, next door. door oh and then and he uh, like blares ballroom music wait and, and then lives above us so oh. there's like a, there's like a vacant studio next to us and then he and like his kid live upstairs and then um, I said that was such disdain. I did not mean him to. Him and his kid. He was like a child. Yeah, it's like him kid. His offspring. <laughs> he loves things. It's just <laughs> he like created something. Bah. Um, <laughs> but um, there's, there's a vacant studio next door that he teaches like ballroom dance and salsa out of, and so. Sometimes we'll walk out of the apartment and it'll just be like Frank Sinatra like blaring, but we don't hear it in here. Huh. Oh. Which okay. leads me to believe that we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Must be. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That'd be dope. That would be That'd awesome. Be um yeah. Oh yeah? Okay. Um Yeah, the reason I asked about gender bending is that like I I guess it's just like a mark of me being kind of like still a little bit curmudgeon not in any like overt way, but in my mind I was like, well, but what about all of the rap that the dudes sing? But like we, but you know, obviously with the experience that y'all have had, you have found that you don't super need it. Has that been liberating? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Um, but I'll tell you what's, I think, personally, what's more liberating is when we have a chance to step outside of the confines of standard rep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, we're all classically trained opera singers. That's awesome. Like, let's be honest. There are a million of us. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. in just this city. Even mm-hmm. as a contralto, there's there's still a million of me. I'm not, there's nothing super unique about that. Mm-hmm. So when we get to create something using our operatic voices that's not actually already written and nailed down. Right. That is super, super liberating. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting to me thinking about, you know, uh, we think about this a lot because, like, we're aware that in a lot of cases the people we're talking to, uh, the people that are listening especially, are folks that are trained in some art form at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's always interesting and very fruitful to think about, like, what your audiences are potentially getting out of a thing. And I think that's especially interesting for a thing like Forte, where in the same, almost in the same way that um, so many folks, there was like such a, an interest to get involved with Forte, there's an interest in, in audiences to see it because mm-hmm. they expect that. They expect that exactly what you're talking about, that y'all will 
do something outside of the box. Mm -hmm. But then also, <laughs> like, you know, we don't just want to be making art for our friends. And I, and I, get, I never got, have mm -hmm. gotten the... I bring up both of these things confidently because I've never gotten the sense that y'all have one hand too deep in one. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I feel like the thing that you're doing is also extremely relatable. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm curious for y'all, how do you feel like you think about that kind of like metric of, of balance of relatability? I think we, I think we thought about that a lot actually, because uh, so Angela's boss comes to all of our shows and he is a normal person. And by normal, I mean <laughs> that he's not frequenting, the, yeah. Yeah, he's he's not muggle, frequenting yeah. the opera. Like he's not up to date with like everything that's going on in the classical world. Um, so he was like, you know, I think that's really cool, but I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that he so, came to the very first show and said that. And and so I think that's something we constantly think about. So we're saying, you know, if 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 we are gonna make art that isn't just for our friends, it can't just be, you know, opera jokes. Yeah, <laughs> it can't be opera jokes all the time. And I think that's something that we really thought about in the show as well, because so we've left um, we've left one aria as is in Italian. Um, the other ones we've really just change the words and I mean these and we're talking about songs that everybody knows that are in commercials that mm -hmm. they're selling something so people it's something that everybody knows um I think those those arias you know arias that have been in movies just things like that and we've changed the words and it's in English so it's in a vernacular as well so that's another way to relate and then the issues in itself are issues that women face no matter what mm -hmm. um we have this whole we have our own trico uh it is a it is about uh the uterus um, and I think that's something that every woman can relate to. And, and men, if you know nothing about the uterus, it's time you come learned. to the show because you're you're gonna learn something. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's true. We actually we did one. Um, we had one show where we just just did one part of that Tritico, and we had these women in tears. They were laughing so hard because it was so relatable. And these women were not musicians yeah. at all. They and were just they were actresses or or directors that knew some other people, friends of friends. Mm -hmm. Of friends, if that makes sense. So it's it's starting to expand beyond just yeah our our friends, sure. which is really awesome. And age groups as well. I yeah. think we have a varied a varied age group uh, like, that attend our shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, something for everybody. Yeah, we gotta well, work on our kids show. Yeah, there should probably not be any children. <laughs> something in this about audience. pussy and cunt. I know. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't really lend itself to the children yet. Is not the yet. is the treaty co where y'all have the uterus costume? Because I've mm -hmm. seen pictures is of that. Ovum? It's an ovum. Yes. Oh, it's yes. an ovum. But yes. An ovum. Yes. I'm really sorry about that. You are transported That's... into a uterus, and yes. everybody just Ooh. hangs out in the uterus. Cool. Think there might be a smoke machine? It's mysterious things happen in the uterus. <laughs> Crazy things we're, happen. We're really trying to get to it. No, and and I think that's something that, honestly, like some people just don't know whether it be lack of education or like their families don't talk mm -hmm. about it. But I knew a girl in college who did not know that she had a hole for her pee and a hole for her menstrual cycle. Like mm. that she just didn't know that there were two that holes were down there. Multiple so that's, holes. That's worrisome <laughs> to me because I mean I'm talking, 18, 19, 20 year olds that are having sex and just. Don't know. Don't know these things. And like through luck of the draw, they're going in the right hole. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> uh, that's like so terrifying. I read, once I read an article, it's about to get gross, about a woman who was like, why does sex hurt so bad? I don't no. understand. And it turned out that it was going into her urethra. Oh, oh no. Oh. 
home for like years. <laughs> oh my and god. she was having all these kidney problems and well, like of course, oh, and, and, infections. And this isn't something that a man is thinking about because their pee hole and their other hole are just one big hole, right? Like everything's just the same for you guys. Like, one big hole. We're digressing. Daniel is becoming flustered. That was the thing. I was like, where what's the structure? What's the where's the What's the the official distance? Is, yeah, like, you know, and it's you know, different for every woman. It's the the yardage sure, yeah. is different. Yep. And it's like, wh- the where's the you are here map? You know? yeah. <laughs> well, that's and that's part of the freedom of of being a forte diva, as we call ourselves, mm-hmm. is that we get in a room and we talk about shit like this, and it's mm. not, it's not sexual. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like our bodies are our bodies and they, they have functions mm-hmm. and they're not to be shamed and they're not to be like looked down upon because because I don't have a dick. Yeah, like, we had a mm-hmm. bit about pooping. Right? That we, was like yeah. seven minutes. We've had, yeah, it was a whole, we had a whole song about pooping Two in one of our green. shows. Oh, three yeah. feet. Three feet. Three, feet, three feet of green. But, and I mean, we have a whole bit in this show about boobs because boobs are not inherently, they're not meant to be sexual they have a function they have yeah. a very important function yeah. you know so just sort of like knocking off all of those societal sure. labels well yeah. and is that something that's uniquely uniquely female like the discussion of like the ins and outs of literally the ins and outs of, <laughs> of your body like is that a thing that and I, I direct this to the male representative in the room oh. hey daniel speak speak for your gender <laughs> um, do, like, Gladly. do do men like sit around talking about like weird stuff that comes out of their dick or? for sure <laughs> really frankly too much so <laughs> I, like, I, I, I do not i, 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 I have a hard time hanging out with like because i i don't think at this point i have like a couple straight dude friends but that's like about it because and I don't mean to be like, oh, I'm so important. That's not what I, I. The thing is, like, there's just such a current of like, let's talk about our dicks. Like, it's just like that's like a very frequent thing that men do. And like, really? like I'm all for huh. like a little bit of it, but it, when it's just I like, hear dude, you've asked me right. about my dick like 15 times. Like, this is this is weird. But but see, I think that that's I think that therein lies the difference. Where if a woman asked me about my vagina 15 times. I like it would be a different question every time. It would be like mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, like last time we talked. It, it mm-hmm. would be like checking in, but like what kind of, sorry, no, what like, kind of question? How big is it? Let's see. That's, 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 that's the all only it, question. That's the right? only, and that's it's just like there is a world of science that's going on here. Like, how does the blood get in there? Like, what's the, like, what, there's so much more that you could, but if you're constantly just being like, what are the sizes of my friend's dicks? Like, what is the point of, anyway, I'm sorry. I don't I did not realize that this was like a a soapbox that I had. We don't ask each other like, well, what's, how's your vagina size? Yeah, yeah, that's not a thing. It's like, we ask each other like, oh my God, I think I have, a UTI or a yeast infection and like what's your way of dealing with that even even (laughs) still I think that I mean like again like before Forte I never really talked about that stuff so Uh, openly mm -hmm. like I just I mean I didn't grow up with a sister and my mom there was no talking to my mom about anything like about being a human being like there's just (laughs) um and and I think that that's that's and, and I remember seeing a commercial years ago it was about uh it was 
about women's health and it was basically this woman they were like filming this woman in different scenarios and she was talking about this like oh they messed up my latte like they didn't do this and that and they showed her in different scenarios and then they showed her at her gynecologist's office and her gynecologist asked her you know do you have any questions and she's like nope Mm. Wow. Right. Yeah. So and, like, and that was years ago. And I do not, like, I don't forget that. And it's just saying, like, it's like we don't have the the flexibility to just openly talk about what's going on with our bodies. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, I mean, that's a big issue that's, that starts way younger than I think we even realize. Mm-hmm. Um, just Absolutely. Just, like, how, you, like, your body is kind of, like, shamed and, like, you can't really talk about things like you can't ask mm-hmm. like like hey I have this weird bump over here like do you have you seen anything like this like, like is this normal and it's yeah. like oh no that's just a rib like it's okay mm-hmm. it's just like just yeah. like self-identifying things like that like relating like I mean we relate to people in a, a variety of different ways but then when it comes to our bodies it's like some like we can't well, talk about it I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of like puritanical shame tied in yes. oh yeah absolutely. absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely and it's yeah. become a very like taboo sort of subject like mm-hmm. you don't talk about your menstrual cycle mm-hmm. you just don't you just don't oh, you know like that. i mean I unless you're 40 and unless you're 40 right exactly your period because so, that's what we've done i but, had a interesting like <clears throat> teen teenage time you know which is when most people i feel like you get that like i don't know that po- like puberty time when everybody's like uh do we talk about this do we mm-hmm. not like we don't but i was lucky because first of all my mother is an rn She's worked in, um, she's mostly worked with pediatrics and gynecology. So there was like no secrets in our house about our vaginas, our uterus. Like when our periods came, it was like my mom was literally like textbooks and like this Mm -hmm. is why everything is happening. And like it's really cool if you think about it. And also my dad is a biologist, or he majored in biology. So he like knows about all of this stuff is very open and then i went to an all-girls high school which was a (laughs) a lot of people get like about that but i got the freedom to be in class Mm -hmm. when i was 13 years old my freshman year of high school and one of the girls in choir yelled out hey who's got tampon and then 25 girls went into their bags <laughs> and they were like do you want light do you want regular i got super heavy like and it was just this moment this aha moment for me as a kid coming from a co-ed setting where like i'm slipping my tampons up my sleeve or yep. you know trying yeah. to hide them in my waistband as i like shuffle mm-hmm. off to the bathroom because god if anyone knows i'm on my period right it's something to be hidden it's something to be hidden and then i got to go to this high school where every kind of little like clique or team or you know all the art kids like we were all fucking synced up and it was crazy (laughs) and then um it was like a few a few weeks ago when we realized we were like oh man forte we're all like we're all synced synced up up. You spend enough time and, with the you know, and <laughs> it was, ladies. But but when you have that freedom to express, you know, concerns or questions or just to simply ask for, hey, who's got a pad? You know, and yeah. everybody being supportive and being like, hey, it's okay that you don't know how to f- figure out the tampon yet. It's chill. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Like, we had upperclassmen who were, like, really kind and supportive in that Aww. way. And, awesome. like... 
I know like all girls school it's like a whole thing but when I went to college I missed it mm -hmm. when I was in grad school I was like oh man just like fuck being around dudes I hate this <laughs> and then when we started Forte I was like oh, I'm like back like <laughs> I feel free again yeah right I think that's definitely a privilege that, mm -hmm. that we've had um just to just be in a room full of ladies and then again like hearing Margaret just like reiterate that it was like oh, oh yeah. yeah I guess I am pretty lucky that I have yes. you know all these girls that I can just be like look I know that you're you know you're kind of act I, I I understand that that outburst like had nothing to do with like what we're doing I know where we are in the month I know where the moon stands and I'm not gonna hold that against you because I'm also going through it right. so it's mm -hmm. like or yeah, to show I up to it. rehearsal and everybody brings like three kinds of chocolate because yeah, we're all like, in the mm -hmm. same place and then suddenly it's just like a festival of chocolate during right. rehearsal, and which then, is and amazing. And then everything is okay. And everything's fine. And we all, you know, we all understand each other. And I, I think also just being like unapologetic about our femininity, whatever mm -hmm. that means to each of us, because that's mm -hmm. a totally different thing for all of us. I mean, like, I know I was kind of a tomboy growing up, but now my favorite color is pink. Like, I never would have had, you know, I've always wanted to have pink everything, pink hair, but I was always like... Oh, but like you, that's not like what you do, you know. <laughs> like that's not for you. But right. Because like, right. I was an awkward, weird, like no fashion having child, and I was like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> I don't get to have cute dresses, you know. Like, and that's okay if that's what you want. It's I think just being able to be open enough to allow ourselves mm -hmm. to have these conversations and. And it's nice to have, I mean, we have a director who's, she's constantly reiterating how, even for her, it's great to come into a room where you're not looked at and immediately judged. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're not judged by your body. You're not judged by what your body does. You're not judged by, you know, if you're having a bad day, you're having a bad day. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not judged by that. So it's just, it's really nice to come into a room full of women that are like, I've been thinking a lot about tribes and like, having a tribe of people that you can connect with mm -hmm. and on on every level you know and a, a group of people that you can be completely comfortable with you got something to say um many things she was to saying say. me too me, <laughs> too, me too, too me too <laughs> um and to feel completely free within that group of people mm -hmm. which is very i feel like it's more rare than it should yeah. be and I, it extends into normal life too. Like mm -hmm. I feel like I've become more outspoken in general yeah. since we've started doing this. I, I mean, the first year of Forte, I was also working in like a fairly oppressive um, luxury retail setting. Mm. Yeah, and there was a lot of shitty shit going on at that store. There was sexual harassment. I got a guy fired. I was shamed for getting this guy fired because he was touching people inappropriately. Multiple uh, people. And the people who were shaming me were women. Yeah. Older women, you know, like, in management, telling me that I ruined some dude's life when he was grabbing women mm -hmm. and grazing oh. people and just like god forbid he was ruining their god lives forbid, right? yeah. god forbid that he's traumatizing people and just yeah. perpetuating these ridiculous things that never should be allowed right but having a group of women that you know it always has your back i mean because we have each other's back on stage whatever happens in the improv world 
you say yes and you move on, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yes mm-hmm. and. So you know that this group of ladies is behind you. Whatever goes down on stage, mm-hmm. whatever happens, there's a group of people that's got your back. So it sort of emboldens you in your day-to-day life to stand up and say no, no. when when shit goes wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like or at least to have a group of ladies to be like, you know what happened to me today? You know what this man did to me today? You know what this person did? Man. You know what happened? Who mansplained to me today? Woman. Or, or this woman, woman too. Women who do it are is just trying to oppress me in this way? Like, and they can relate, and then they can also give you advice. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I was in this situation and this is what I did and it worked. Or this didn't work, don't do this, you know? Or let's make art about it. Or let's make art about it. Like, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry you had a shitty day. Let's explore that through our art and maybe it'll make us all feel better. Yeah. Which it yeah. does. It does. Always does. <laughs> Always does. No, I'm, my, my job right now is um, I work for a cafe that is owned by a bunch of men, staffed by a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when the owners aren't there... It's, like, really awesome. Because it's just, like, women talking about things that women want to talk about. And, like, whenever, like, a shitty man comes in and is terrible, they leave and immediately, or sometimes when they're still there, because there's one girl who just does not give a fuck, um, <laughs> she, she'll be like, ugh, God, what a horrible man that was. And like <laughs> it's just really refreshing. And the job I'm I'm moving to is owned by women. Like we're going to hire a bunch of women and I'm just so looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with everything that's been going on in the last few weeks, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but there's been um the big restaurant group in New Orleans just had their big celebrity chef who's got multiple shows step down. Um, yep. I'm blanking on dude's I'm name. I'm blanking on his name, too. I, and I don't want to say the wrong one. I work for people who are from Louisiana, and right. they, they talked to me about and it the other day. They were like, we can't believe that this is, like, but, that this but is happening. But we can believe it, because I've, I've worked yeah. in service industry. Like, your ass gets slapped, and yep. it's you, you think, oh, well, at least it was just that. You know, or like, well, and there's, there's a fine line in the food service world between accidental and intentional, you know, and you know, you know, and in your gut, the difference. It's the same as in backstage, you know, like I've been in shows at professional level houses where there, you know, some baritone who flew in from wherever, because he's like so cool, you know, he's basically sexually harassed, like he is blatantly not basically, we're not trying to, like, hide from this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's young girls in this chorus, and he's going around untying their little aprons mm-hmm. and being, like, thinking he's being cute. When that's actually, it's not, not okay. okay. It's not like, okay. you're no. disrobing me right now. Like, this is, and, but you're told, like, just stay quiet because he's the, like, famous baritone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and... You're just the power. It's the power. And it's the same thing with, you know, George H.W. Bush is grabbing asses left and right still. Like, as a fucking. Can I just. And this is like kind of non sequitur, but like, I'm not a big fan of like George W. Bush love. Oh. Is that bad? No, that's great. I hate, like. I can't forget all the shit that he did, but. Like, dude. 
got us into multiple wars. Yep. Yeah. Dude, like, there's still, like, and I'm not going to, like, come out and... Uh, but now he's painting like, cute pictures, so we're chill. Well, and it's, like, the other, like, the thing is, like, there are still, like, legitimate claims in the, like, global dialogue that, like, what the U.S. did under his presidency are, like, war crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's, like... To just glance gloss over that is a is a mistake and almost to me is like how then we are able to the right has been able to become so radical. Right. Yeah. Because we forgive so easily. So when easily. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, we're a very sort of superficial society, you know. Yeah. So whatever is it, it goes back to the relevancy that you talked about earlier, you know, it's things cycle through so quickly and then they're forgotten right, about right. or they're you mm-hmm. know, they're maybe not forgiven but they're completely forgotten about mm-hmm. until something new pops up right. to gloss across your Facebook screen yeah. you know and then that lasts for about a week and a half mm-hmm. and then there's a new thing you know right. and we're very quick with with social media unfortunately we're very quick to forget about the important things that have happened yeah and yeah, really like, quick to jump on whatever's brand new and right. in our faces well, I'm really sad to do this, but there's only a few minutes left, um, so we got to finish up. So the yeah. last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming for each of you, actually, oh, um, oh. if you want to take it or not. Uh, so sometimes it's very obvious, like a run of shows lasting a month mm-hmm. that uh, y'all are very excited about. And it, but it can also be we um, love hearing about uh, we love hearing shoutouts. So other folks that you think are doing really dope work, and. Um, you know, I'm super into self-care, kind of like TV, movie, books, and things that you're consuming personally. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, obviously, we have the La La Lady show, which opens tonight and runs for the Ooh. next month on Saturdays at Piven Theater Workshop. 7.30 p.m. 7.30 p.m. The tickets are only $15. Buy them ahead of time because we do tend to sell out and have to turn people away, and that's very sad. We would really hate to turn people away from the show. We've had to do it before, <laughs> but please, don't be that guy. Um, <laughs> or girl. Or girl. Don't be that person. Don't be that human. Buy your tickets. <laughs> Don't yeah. be that folk. <laughs> um, aside from that, um, we also have uh, coming up after the La La Lady show, it's not technically a forte thing, but um, our designer, Sarah Bendix, has created this project called The Distant Flight of Birds, and it's mm-hmm. based on an old uh, fairy tale that we've basically picked apart and created a new piece of art. Um, it's very sort of abstract. The performances will be in December. Mm-hmm. December fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. That's my right. birthday. At Links Hall. At, at Links Hall. Um, it should be spot. really, really amazing. Um, mostly Forte ladies are going to be the performers. Nice. I'm also doing um, makeup design, which will be nice. very complicated but awesome. Um, and then we have Lara Golan who composed the music for it. Hmm. She she also did a Forte show for us. She did yeah. Sausage Show a while back. So very very gifted composer. Um, oh, and one more thing for me. After that, the Evanston Chamber Opera Company, I think that's what we're calling ourselves, is doing another <laughs> brand new opera called For Those in Peril. And that will be uh, February. You all have to... I want to hear more about this. Yes. You'll have to come on the show again. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Um, same. I'm just really excited for the show. Um, I had... I had my toes dipped in the water for some directing work, so I did. I directed a little bit of the bits yeah. um, in this show, so nice. that was awesome. a fun avenue uh, to kind of 
go into. Um, I've kind of become a forte junkie. Like I, I can't, <laughs> I really can't get enough of working with these ladies. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like really all I want to do. I know we've had, yeah. we've had two dark days and we're all like, I miss you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, we've been saying, well, what, what, what do we do now? Like, what do we do next? Yeah, I, I didn't know what to do yesterday. Like it was very confusing. Um, yeah. um, and then I am also part of the distant flight of birds. Um, it, that's going to be a cool project as well. We have not started rehearsals. Rehearsals for that start right after our Forte show closes. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know what's going on. Um, we've just kind of had, we had met over the summer. Um, and I know that Laura, Laura is, is writing the music. She just sent us um, a couple of our, our pieces for that. So we just got it. I haven't, honestly, haven't even looked through it yet because I'm just thinking Super about this show right now. Super ensemble yeah. heavy and very abstract. Yeah. Nice. That's all we really know mm -hmm. about it right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah it's going to be cool. And, and if you haven't if you haven't been to Lynx Hall, um, it's a great space too. It's right on Western? Western. Western yeah. and Belmont. Um, just on that and it's a, it's a great space. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. Jams, man. Do I have anything? Well, and there's also self-care stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um, new book just came out that I'm reading that I love. Um, it's by a podcast that I listen to. Well, by the hosts of a podcast that I listen to and love. It's called, a uh, podcast called Guide we, Guys We Fucked. Um, it's, oh, yeah. You know, been, been topping charts and stuff. And nice. it's two women, two female comedians who started this podcast because they wanted to interview guys that they had had relationships with wow. or failed relationships with. They wanted to interview them and figure out like why, why, why? Right. and it has kind of evolved into a movement. Um, it's also the subtitle is the anti slut shaming podcast. Um, and it's really amazing. Their book is called fucked. Um, <laughs> check it out it's, I see some there's a lot of great Forte stories there's <laughs> it's a, it's really beautiful it's gonna be um, a Forte summer read yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> the Forte reading list um trying to think any other self-care things um oh I got like a nice new face cream so that's that's helping nice. <laughs> it makes me feel fancy <laughs> cool cool all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. You can head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there, um, as well as all of our, uh, not all of our videos, but a couple of our most recent videos that we post up on YouTube and our most recent episode of the podcast, which, talking about YouTube, I'm going to plug something that I did last night, and this is the only time I'm ever going to, I mean, I might plug it the next time I do a little installment, but our little project I've been working on on YouTube is the Scopy research and development section. So if you go into your YouTube channel, which is weirdly, I'm, I might change it to Scopy magazine, but it's right now it's Scopedia to a magazine, which it needs to be changed. Please um, change that to Scopy yeah. magazine. <laughs> but if you go to a playlist there called research and development, you can hear hours and hours of my finding of open source recordings. So I've spent just like time going on IMSLP finding like three hours of Dvorak string quartet recordings. And like, I just did five hours of um, Schubert piano sonatas. So like, <laughs> yeah. like and um, Scott Joplin mm -hmm. I found last night, which was interesting. Anyway, so check that out. I think it's interesting and uh, I don't know you why. You said it was I'm five that. hours? That sounds great. That sounds well, that's amazing. the whole. I'm running a marathon in January, so nice. there that'd we go. be great to hear. Well, that's the thing. I like basically, it's that whole. Um, do you ever see like 10 hours of rain noise? 
<laughs> no. Or oh, like wow. six hours of, I'm, or like the Ron Swanson video where he's drinking whiskey for 10 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like an on loop. The, the original video is 45 minutes of Nick Offerman sitting in front of a, um, a fireplace drinking Lagavulin. <laughs> And, um, but they looped it to 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, this is the whole idea is well, you put it on the background. Yeah, right? like when you I, just leave it. Or like, during yeah. Cri- like around it. Christmas, you know, just like have it. Oh, instead have of the log? Yeah, yeah, have just right. like Nick Offerman sitting And he's there. sitting in front of a fireplace. Oh, oh it's yeah. perfect. Frankly, perfect. I'm probably going to put it on like this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, besides <laughs> that, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. On Facebook, it's Scopy Magazine. Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Google Play, Radio Public, and uh, iTunes Podcasts. We are under Scopy Mag, and we spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And you should head over to Radio Public and head over to the indie podcasts to watch, because we're one of them! We were just boom, selected. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our About section. There are a couple ways that you can give. You can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, some cool things will happen. First of all, our next two donors at any level will receive a free bag of half-wit coffee. At $10 a month, you'll receive one free session per month of studio photography with Daniel in our space. And at $25 a month or above, you'll be a part of our affiliate program. We're grateful to our donors at every level, but our affiliates are individuals, businesses, and organizations who support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media at a higher level. We believe that such generosity during this time deserves recognition, so our affiliates will be featured on our website with a link to their website or social media as a means of advertisement, and will receive a Scopy affiliate window sticker. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.